Listening to Jay Eyre, which is based in Melbourne, Australia, the voice of diversity in Jewish Melbourne. The program you're now listening to is called A Molen Haint, Past and Present, and we present to you each week an alternative view on Jewish history and current affairs from a Yiddish secular Bundes perspective. We broadcast this program each week at exactly the same time. Our program is presented in English and Yiddish. We hope you enjoy and perhaps learn something that maybe you did not know. If you have any comments and suggestions, then please send us an email to bunjair at yahoo.com.au. That's B-U-N-D-J-A-I-R at yahoo.com.au. We will respond to your emails, so please feel free to be in touch by sending us an email. On this week, our program, on our program this week, we'll be listening to the latest World Labour Report and hearing Yiddish songs. Your presenters today are Bobby and Michael Zilberman. Neues von der jüdischen Welt. Kandidaten zu werden der Republikaner Kandidat auf ein Amt von Präsident von Amerika in die Wahlen über Jahr November haben gerät wegen Amerikas Beziehung zu Medinus Israel bei seiner ersten Debatte. Nikki Haley, was es gewinnt Amerikas Ambassador zu den Vereinigten Völkern unter Präsident Donald Trump, hat getanelt wie weg Romasov-Ami für seinen Plan zu schneiden Amerikas finanzieller Unterstützung zu Medinus Israel. Der griechische Faschist Elias Kassidarias kandidiert auf ein Amt von Bürgermeister von der Stadt Athen, Rochelle sitzt in Turme zu lieb seine politische Aktivitäten, Letäuvis sein weitrecht gestimmter Partei. Das österreichische Stadt Branau hat planiert zu machen ein Polizeiamt von der Gebäude, wo Hitler ist geboren geworden. Andere haben vorgelegt, als das Haus soll während ein Heim verpleitem. Die deutsche Singerin Andrea Pankow, was hat gesungen auf Jiddisch und auf Deutsch, ist gestorben zu 54 Jahren. Sie ist geboren geworden bei katholischen Eltern. Die Antidefamatia-Liga ist maskengewinn mit der Bernstein-Mesprache in Amerika, 
als das trocken aprostetische Nose in einem neuen Film wegen dem Musiker Leonard Bernstein ist nicht antisemitisch. Fahren Huben seinen jeden Gewinn 80% von der Bevölkerung von der polnischen Stadt Chmelnik. Sverdische Jeden haben sich besetzt dort und haben neu gebaut die erste Schilddorten in 1638. Jetzt hat man entdeckt an Mikwe in ein Gebäude, was es letztens gewinnt ein Nachtlokal. Der Eigentümer von der Gebäude will zuziehen Touristen zu der Mikwe. Guatemala's neuer Präsident Bernardo Arevalo Red Hebräisch, weil sein Vater ist gewinnt Guatemala's Ambassador zu Medinas Israel und Bernardo ist der Zeugen geworden in Tel Aviv. An erich 900 Jeden wohnen in Guatemala. Da in Melbourne ist Malke Leifer die Woche gewinnt von Mischbitz zu 15 Jahren zu Verbagen sexueller Verbrechens gegen zwei gewesene Talmides von der Das Israel Mädelschule in Melbourne, Basis gewinnt die Verwaltung von der Schule. Ich bin dir zwei Nacht, die hast mir in den Schein gebracht,
Das ist gewesen, der Rebbe hat geheißen Freilich sein, gesungen von Amy Goldstein und Simon Spiro. Und jetzt schimmen Jigan der Chelme Ruf. Der Chelme Ruf. Der Chelme Ruf ist gesessen über das Seife, gekneitscht im Stern, gegessen Scheine reine, weiße Burg in allem Ulazewski. Oi, wei, oi, wei, oi, wei. In der 17. ist gewesen, auf uns, eigentlich eine Geheim. Trugen der Morf in der Stadt mit Kindern, tmimistige Kinder mit Bärden, Peis, was kann ich in Katze und Neck nicht verbinden. Als wie nur etwas Bus kommt mit seinem Namen zum Chelme Ruf, er soll aufplantern, die Planters, in welche der Chelme Teuschwim pflegen, sich verplantern. Siebste, der Ruf. Oi, wei, oi, wei, oi, wei, ja. Ah, am Masel von Chelme, was hat mich für ein Ruf? Und ich trug dem Ruf in der Neide der Jeden, was der Warsche war leidsam am Sand umgegeben, Chelme in der Rune. Macht von sich häusig in 14 Buderen. Der Chelme Ruf hat sich aufgehoben von seinem Stil, gesprächt über sein Zimmer in Gerätze sich allein. Wie er steige, können sie jetzt sein. Schon bald nach heute, wir sollen sich gelassen wegen, und man sieht nicht, und man hört nicht. Gefallen wie ein Wasser. Die Schalieren, was ich auch geschickt in der Welt daran sind, und ich habe es nicht gewesen, dann kein Inger. Noch ganz Huschewe, Balabatem, von Chelem. Ein Kleinigkeit. Simmel der Reute, der Tintenmacher, und Josel der Schwarze, der Milchjid. Und durch Schliche sei es, es auch nicht gewesen, kein Gewähnliches. In der Masse, mit der Schliechen, ist es auch gewesen, der Masse. Einmal. Und der Chelme Ruf getracht, als die Welt miss oben Joshe. Als un Joshe kennt die Welt nicht um Kakie. Und als solche Chelem ist ein Schluss auf der Welt, darf man von Chelem auch oben Joshe. Und der Gerief von Nassif, in der Nassif hat beschlossen, herauszuschicken, zwei Chelemer in der Welt anhandeln, ein bisschen Joshe, von der geheiligen Deutsche Chelem. Einmal über Nacht. Und der 
حل ما هو بجحيات بدا نخت بخته شالت من زنهان اما دوست نش که بینه بس که گوین لخ بخدک شالم نا بس بیان موزوک فنا پخت او دفنا گیتا بسیر این دین او چه که افنده تیه ایسا زران گفاون زمل در رویته زان پونه مد گشترات این رو کم کم اروز گشتم لد ربخ می آمد گبرات ganz fest mit Joche. Er rebbe hier in Kirchendisch. Schwarze Jossel haben gewandert in genüchtet wie die Welt aus der Neck. Ein bisschen mehr umgefunden in der Warschauer Gegend war ein Schenker in der Dorf. Das Fessel mit Joche. Aber Gott hat ihm einen Brock hat er uns nicht gewollt verkaufen. Rebbe. Nicht gewollt verkaufen. Mir kommt kaum ein Begerät. Ein Bezug hat Schnauern mit Geld. Mir Da kommt das Fessel, jetzt steht das Fessel mit dem Marik in Jossel, der schwarze Hied, also ein anderes alles, hast du schon noch nicht gemacht. Schellen wir auf, hat der Feulen Simmel, gleich heute noch dem Dain, rief dem Scheuchet in ganz keckerle Kohl mit dem geheimen Kabel da, das Fessel mit Jäusche. Herr Ruf, das Kungetier in der Schabestücke Malbisch, mit dem Strano, und mit ziemlich sich gelost, den Mark heran, wie es fest mit euch ist gestanden. Der Mark ist gewesen schwarz mit Menschen, ganz hellemmer gestanden auf der Füße. Alle haben gemacht, auf Wahl von dem alten Ruf, welches paar Mädels sie gegangen sind zum Festel. Der Ruf hat sich auch aufgebeugt, er hat getracht, Eide, er wird öffnen, das Festel. In Arroslosen, das Jöche, soll sich verspreiten, aber ganz hellem will er der Ruf, keudem der Rechte, ah, schmeckt ihn. Der Ruf, zu Hause gebeugen, alle Mann gehalten, der Mut ihm gewahrt, wusste der Ruf, er zu suchen, in der Ruf hat er bis wie Arros gekräft. Jeden, hey, jeden, Der Jäuscher stinkt. Der Heilmann hat sich gehabt bei der Nase. Und so hat mir das Mammisch gefiel, das ist etwas nicht so, ei, 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 ei. Der Ruf hat sich gewonnen, zu der ersten, bei zwei Heilmann mit dem Muster, bis dann gestanden und eben mehr mit dem Befehlen. Trug Scheuner raus, das Fessel mit Jäuscher auf dem Feld. Im Begrüppt ist also erst keiner, soll nicht wissen, wie der Dossige Jäuscher ist da hingegeben. Der Ruf hat aufgehört und sagt, Kau, Und gesucht, hin, geil zu heim, wasch der Hände, und sucht da zu jutzen, und gedenkt aus Jäusche fährt. Und ist er weg. Der alte Ruf hat sich familiär, familiär daheim geschaut, zu sagen, steht, gewaschen der Hände, in Gemirmut. A ganz leben gehuhlen wegen Joische, in geil weiß als Joische oder sein Reich. Geil weiß. Wenn man einem ist, müssen wir sagen, an den Täuschig in menschlichen Joische hat dem Helmerhof nichts zerbrochen. Es hat ihm nur trauriger gemacht, verratzart. Helmerhof einholt. Wenn er ist gesessen, über das Pfeife gelernt, hat er in sich etwas zu viel 
a modne grinkaj. Das Flammhof von Lichtwo hat gezittert in seinen Schulten auf der Wand ein schwarzer Ruf hat sich ein bisschen gehoben bei Wegen wie ein Tanz. Der weiße Ruf hat verhoben wie Polis in sich genommen dreien an sich allein du selber getan sein Schulten auf der Wand der schwarze Ruf. Islam tanzen, aloi zu sein lieben Mummen. Oi, 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 oi. Ein Ruf, zwei Gestalten, zwei Gestalten. Ein Leib zu sein Mummen, was hat beschaffen, Himmel in Erd. Ist oi, oi, oi. Gemütlichkeit. Ist der weiße Ruf weggefallen auf der Erde? In derselben Regen, als Anschuten auf der Wand, der schwarze Ruf, euch weggefallen. Das Licht hat gezankt, ist es gewohnt, schadstill. Briefle der Mamen, gesungen von Elisabeth Schamisch.
Hutsatsa, gesungen von Bruce Adler und Ellie Jaffe. Ich sing für euch jetzt ein Lied, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa. Ich glaube, das Lied sehr gut, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa. Ob das Lied wird gefallen, Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, weil ich euch zufriedenstellen. Hutsatsa, Hutsatsa, es ist eine kalte Nacht. A Frost, es regnet, des Hugel, der Wind blust in alle Richtungen. Sie glitschig, a Nacht auf meine Sonnengesuche geworden. In a Bäckerei hört man a klappend hier. In der Bäcker läuft sie in öffnende Tier. Und sie steht vor ihm a Jied, durchgewägt, verfrühen. Und sucht der Jied, Mr. Bäcker, seit das euch geht, und gibt mir ein Bildke mit Kimmel. Kickt auf ihm der Bäcker und er fragt, Rebi, wo bist du am Schickene? Bist du ruhig und als ein Wetter, als ein Kälte, als ein Regen in Schnee, verein, Bilke mit Kimmel? Sag mir, ihr seid da verheiratet. Entweder ihr wo denn? Mein Mama wollte mich ruhig geschickt und als ein Nacht. In Restaurant bin ich herein, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, in Hob gegessen, sehr fein, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, das Essen hat mir gut geschmeckt, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, bei Nacht hat es mich aufgeweckt, Hutzatza, 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 Mama, Hutzatza, Mama, Pirmatzatza, Hutzatza, Mama, Hutzatza, Mama, nur in Schein, Hutzatza, Mama, Hutzatza, Mama, Pirmatzatza, Hutzatza, Mama, kommt der Reihe in Schein. Auf dem Beisheulen sehe ich ein Jid, und er liegt auf der Käfer, und er klappt, und er schluckt, und er klippt, er weint hysterisch. Oi, oi, verwusst bist du gestorben, verwusst, verwusst bist du gestorben. Geh ich zieh's in mir nach Freig, Rabbi, wer gestorben? Und vertehe mir, mein Vater, erster Mann. Oi, verwusst bist du mein Schreine sucht sie hat mich lieb, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, ich komme rein zu ihrem Stieb, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, sie hat mich fein aufgenommen, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, ist ein Mann in Mitten umgekommen, Hutzatza, 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 Mama, Hutzatza, Mama, Birma, Hutzatza, Hutzatza, Mama, kommt in den Schein. Zwei alte Jeden sitzen in der Schwitzburg, einer rührt sich von Ort, ui, 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 in der Nämter stecken, in noch einmal so, ui, 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 er zieht sich langsam zu den Füßen, ui, ui, bis er stellt sich auf. Sagt der Zweite, Meusche, wie läufst du weh? In Bud bin ich gesetzen, heu, hutzatza, hutzatza, gesingen mit dem ganzen Heu, hutzatza, hutzatza, mit heißem Wasser hat er jed, hutza, hutzatza, mir den ganzen Obgebrit, hutza, hutzatza. Mein Bobbe trefft ihr Doktor auf Spazier, und der Doktor sagt, Bobbische, was macht ihr? Sagt sie, oi, Doktor, oi, Doktor, sie mir nicht gehen. Se tut mir weh, mit ihm, von Kopf bis de Fies. Komm, wo sich geht, komm, wo sich schnei. Sagt er zu ihr, nun, geh mal rein zu mir in den Office. Und sie, er ist schon nächste Woche, wenn ich fühle sich ein bisschen besser. Good afternoon, uh, J.A. listeners. So, we are sorry to interrupt the Yiddish show. Michael Zimmerman was kind enough to allow us to do this. 
<coughs> Excuse me. We have a presentation from Sydney, from the Zionist Federation, at their convention with Rabbi Daniel um, Hartman speaking. three of those individuals um, and I pretty much consume most of what they produce that's really confronting Hi everyone I'm a rabbi but I never tell people what to do um, I don't give psak. I don't render legal decisions. I'm a teacher. And especially for a community which I don't know, you will not hear from me one suggestion about what you should do. Who am I to tell you what to do? All, all I want to do is share what I think. What you do with it, that's yours. And you're going to do with it very, very different things. I remember there was 
probably the greatest philosopher, one of the greatest philosophers in the 20th century, is a man by the name of Sidney Morgenbesser. You didn't hear his name because he was so intelligent, he couldn't write anything because he knew everything he wrote was flawed. He was taught philosophy at Columbia University. Unique, unique individual. He was at a philosophy conference in the Institute for many years. And I remember in the 80s when the Intifada started, the first Intifada, he said, I think Israel should leave the West Bank. And back then it was called the West Bank. Um, Zion, even Zionists could call it the West Bank back then. Um, and everybody jumped on him. How dare you tell us what to do? You don't live in Israel. Your children are in the army. The whole, the whole nine yards. And Sidney Morgan Besser, in, in his unique way, said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I didn't think you understood me. I didn't tell you what to do. I'm just telling you what I think. I don't want to tell people what to do. Now, and it's in that spirit that I, I want to interpret what Yossi, Danny, and Mati said. They're not telling you and prescribing don't meet. That's too paternalistic and they're not paternalistic people. They're asking you to think about what it means to love Israel and to put on your menu other mediums and ways of manifesting love which are different from what you're used to. Let me connect it to your opening statement. And again, I, I am... You know, my sins, I am North American centric. That's where I grew up. That's the community I know. I don't know Australia. And anything that's not relevant, please, if you're different about this, then just chalk it up as someone who's not experienced. Most Jewish leaders are petrified about continuity. Could be you have no continuity anxiety in, in Australia. But most Jewish leaders, to be a Jewish leader is to be worried about what is the next generation going to be as strong as the prior ones. And we've had a pretty good run post-Holocaust. Like, we shouldn't be here. That's the truth. Post-Holocaust, we Jews should have checked out and moved to the North Pole or Antarctica. Like, I don't want people, penguins, more like... After the Holocaust, we should have given up on the human race. We didn't. And the greatest heroes in the Jewish history, probably the greatest heroes in Jewish history, are Holocaust survivors who chose life. If you think about it, you're just like, nobody even comes close to the amount of heroism that they had to marshal. And this community of people here in disproportionate numbers, but all across the Jewish world, built Jewish institutions. Instead of checking out, they created a vibrant recording in progress. It's astounding. The Jewish story over the last 60 years is nothing short of remarkable. Every Jewish leader that I know outside of Australia, unless you say it's the same here, is petrified about whether this will continue. It's the same. 
Do you have that here too? <clears throat> Absolutely. So if you have it, that's why you're so anxious. Because we, as leadership, I spoke about that it entails vision, but it also is to assume responsibility. And no matter what we want, it's just by nature. The next generation is not going to have the same memories that you have or that I have. They're not supposed to. They'll hear your stories, but there's a difference. There's a difference between hearing a story, hearing a story second and third hand, and experiencing it yourself. And so we're worried, what do we need to do? What are the institutions? What do we have to teach them? Where do we have to send them? Could we send you to Israel? Like, okay, I know there's going to be a lot of stuff, but can I get you to Israel? And then they'll fix it. Like, it's Jewish education is fix it. Like, I fix it. So sometimes you feel like you're trying to plug a hole. or you, Very often, it's short-term. You're worried. You don't feel you have the time. And therefore, moments like these or statements like that make you very, very nervous. You're nervous because what's it, what will happen if somebody will have a question for which I don't have an answer? Now, me, I could live with questions. Could the next generation live with questions? So therefore, what's the solution? Let's pretend there's no questions. Okay, that's one theory. If you could get away with it, again, maybe Australian youth are different than youth everywhere else in the world. So apologize. For, well, so can we sort of forget that little thing? You got the idea? So I'll assume. So you're going to have questions and they're going to be there, but we're frightened. And sometimes, as I was saying beforehand, we mean well. In the worst sense of the term, as Mark Twain said, we mean well in the worst sense of the term because those who love Israel are very often not creating an environment in which the love of Israel is going to be sustainable, not for themselves, but for next generations because they're assuming or they're allowing their anxiety to overtake them. And what Yossi and Mati and Danny are saying is it's a call to add to the menu of Zionism another feature. Not a photo op, not a photo op, not a nachas machine, not saying, oh, I went to Israel and I saw. Crap, leave it alone. That doesn't count anymore. That's not it. You have a chance to fight for the Israel you want. Let that be an expression of your Zionism. Instead of letting Israeli leaders assume that you're stupid. Assume that you're naive. Assume that that I, Benjamin Netanyahu, could give one type of interview in English and a separate interview in Hebrew. Now, we already, because there's Jewish organizations who have been collecting and showing what do does the Palestinian Authority say in English and what do they say in Arabic or what are their textbooks? So we already, today, there's no such thing as public and private anymore. It's just less. So it's instead of seeing it as an imperative, see what they're saying as a suggestion. Could be an opportunity. But it's one for you to mediate for your community in the ways that you feel are most appropriate. So uh, I think you've quite correctly psychoanalyzed me. Maybe I'm an open book. You are. But what I what I will say is that I, I don't think we're coming off a base, certainly not here, and certainly not in North America, 
where there is any diaspora leader today turning up to Jerusalem um, without raising these issues. And so the reason why I felt, you know, more seriously confronted by this, and we don't have to dwell on it, is because I take enormous comfort in people like you, like Yossi, like Daniel Gordas, like Maddie, all, all of you in the same category to varying degrees. A Gil Troy, I'd put in the same category. Everyone's slightly different on the on the sort of spectrum. But that gives me confidence to navigate our way, or us all confidence, to navigate our way through these complexities with nuance and with dialogue. And as soon as you start with don't meet, you are closing the door Great. to any dialogue. And that's really why it was a bit I too hear far you. for me. Very, I hear you. And I'm not a don't meet person. So here you and I are much closer. Yeah. I will meet with anybody who asks to meet with me. Anyone. I will meet with Ben Gvir. I will meet with Smutch. I will meet people. Meeting, the minute somebody asks to meet. See, and one of the reasons for that is because I'm a Hartman. I'll do some psychoanalysis. Uh, my being a Hartman is to be an Orthodox Jew who's alone. Like I'm, I'm sort of out there, and um, part of being a Hartman is that we are. I was trained never to um, temper um, or moderate my opinions, for the sake of popularity. So, you know, I went to an Orthodox school, um, a yeshiva, where I was shunned for three years, literally shunned for three years. I was the only student in the yeshiva who didn't have a roommate. Um, I could tell you stories. Um, just just speak to my therapist and they'll share them with you. There. <laughs> Luckily, the only thing that helped me get through the day was the fact that in Israel at the time, boys didn't have feelings. So it was good. <laughs> boys didn't have feelings. We were trained not to have feelings, and so it's fine. We have strange ticks in our necks. We have all these things, and we get PTS of various forms. But other than that, no, we're fine. So I was literally shunned for three years. Um, I don't shun people. How often um, have Reform or conservative Jews experienced Orthodox, I can't sit with you because to sit with you is to give you legitimacy. I don't think talking with somebody is giving them legitimacy. I don't think talking is saying I agree with you. I agree that uh, I talking is always better than walking away. Um, so that is, again, um, uh, I am very inclined because what once we're going to start this, and by the way, this is also, um, it's on another subject, um, why I have great reservation about the um, the military um, sarvanut. Um, how do I say that in Hebrew? The refusal to serve. Really. Now, just again, for the record, there is no refusal to serve. doesn't exist. When everybody's called up, they serve. It's just a refusal to volunteer, yeah. which is a technical term because – there is a bureaucracy about reserve duty, which requires a certain amount of notice in advance and a certain amount of time between one call-up and the next call-up. And in certain units, they have to, you know, when slots are available, so they, there's like a halachic myth, you know, just like we sell chametz. So here too, I'm not 
Call it, you're just volunteering. So people are refusing to volunteer. They're not refusing to serve. But I'm very frightened of lines, which there are times when we're gonna when you have a line. If Israel becomes a dictatorship, that's a different story. We're not a dictatorship yet. And we have to be careful not to use um, these tools, these end-of-day tools, because while in certain units there's a very strong center-center-left um, ideology, in uh, many of the top combat units and infantry, there's a center-center-right. Now, what's going to happen? Each unit is going to decide in which government, when are they going to refuse? So this lines, not talking, walking away, um, um, is, is, is I, I, that's just in the long run. Um, that doesn't create the healing. Sometimes, though, I appreciate it. And, and Yossi and I, we speak not just at, at, during the podcast, but um, – he is much closer to the belief that we need some shock therapy now. Yeah. And I don't believe I'm I'm more frightened of that shock therapy at this moment of the destructive uh ramifications of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to psychoanalyze Yossi when he's not here, but I also feel like I will anyway. I feel like it's also his the fact that he grew up yeah, it's his personality. But also how I, he grew up in that yeah, part yeah, of yeah, yeah. he he feels like he understands. That because you know yeah, that's what he said. He read yeah. Yossi Kanalevi's uh, biography. You, you'll you'll know that he he was part of Kahana. I mean, in in New York, and then a little bit in Israel before he sort of uh, re, re repositioned. Himself. Saw the light. Yeah. So repented. You know, it, it just strikes me. Um, you know, you've got some younger people in the room. You've got people that have been at these sorts of meetings for thirty or forty years, and I I think it's probably fair to say that we've never had a guest at a ZFA conference utter the words, Israel is not a dictatorship yet. And it's interesting because I, you know, I I I recall you saying in April, I think it was around April on the podcast, and then you repeated, I was going to ask you if you still feel the same way, and you repeated it today. And you said that you thought that the proposed judicial reform was a gift. And I was going to say, do you still feel like that today, notwithstanding where things are moving, how they're moving? More than ever before, especially now that we won. Because the reform the, with the article the is not going to pass. Nobody talks about it passing. Whether they're even going to put forth another another feature is up for debate. Really? Oh, Absolutely. You, you think there is no prospect no beyond reasonableness? No override. No judge's but selection will. There might be one more that they're going to try. Um, it, and there's debates as to what it might be. Um, is it the? Uh, um, you all know the five parts of the judicial reform. Everybody knows. I, I think people are, so we'll, are familiar with. So those. you're familiar with them. I'll leave them aside. So it might be the makeup of the judicial committee. Selection committee. Yeah. It might be that. It might be how many judges are required to override a Knesset legislation. Yeah. Um, one of the now, it, it they'll the on on they're going to try to pick for political reasons one, but it's not certain today that there's even a majority in the Likud who yeah. will vote for it. Um, the people in the Likud 
while being totally um, frightened of, controlled by BB for years, they see the polls as well. And um, no serious figure has been able to emerge in the Likud party for now 15 years. And part of Netanyahu's system is that anybody who's competent, he puts them in the minister for which they are least competent to serve him. And so that they're, they're not, they won't threaten his prime ministership. Now, he's, a, he's an unbelievably clever politician, uh, and he's done a great job for the state of Israel. Again, I, he's not my my flavor um it's it's until recently he was you know i i thanked him for many things i think i think he's lost it over the last number of years but we'll leave that aside um but um you remind me i was moving myself well, very so, deeply well so, th- so i think i think what what you're saying really oh yes for the judicial reform is so, that it's- now so all those other people there's a lot of serious people in the Likud party it's a lot of nutcases. I mean, certifiable nutcases. And that was part of the plan because part of the way he rules is through a certain discourse of a politics of fear. And in order to do that, you need certain barking. You need people who are comfortable with certain language. And um, so he has a whole group of people who are willing to say the most outlandish things um, in order to to solidify the us them ideology all the time like he also needs people like who would have thought but the likud also needs people who will attack the the defense minister or attack the the chief of staff or you know accuse like so he needs some of them but there are a lot of very very first rate politicians who you haven't heard from in years word a word out of their mouths nothing because they know the minute they say a word their political career or chances of being prime minister, replacing Netanyahu, go become nothing. Look at Edelstein and Gidon yeah. Saar yeah. as two most prominent. The reverse is Nir Barkat, yeah. who's a serious man, who has developed the profound expertise of saying absolutely nothing, just, just holding his time. He's a, anybody who knows him, and I know him very well, he's a serious person. Yeah. Do I agree with everything? I don't even agree with myself all the time. <laughs> Not like it's like I don't need, I don't respect people on the basis of whether I agree with them. I respect people on base. Do I think they're thoughtful? Do they're serious? Do they take different opinions into so this group of people? All he needs are four members of the Likud who won't vote. And they're all seeing the polls. And so I don't think um I know we we love getting nervous. So I want to tell you, you were right to be nervous. Right now, there's other things to be nervous about. The judicial reform, the end of Israel's democracy with, for example, the override clause. That was the worst. That basically Israel ceases to be a constitutional democracy. Over. And by the way, the ultra-Orthodox parties, that's all they wanted. They didn't care about the makeup of the Supreme Court. They said, Supreme Court, Supreme Court. You decide whatever you want to decide. I need one thing. I need a Knesset, which I control, which could override whatever the Supreme Court decides. That's the only thing they wanted. Nobody's going, Kohelet, even Netanyahu yeah. in his interviews in America, all say that that's gone. So the, 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 the reform in its totality is dead. The question is, how much, how detrimental will be the removal of the reasonableness clause? 
But the real dangers we face now is not the reform. It's the fact that there are in positions of power some very, very bad people. Yeah. Now, we've had bad people in the government before. We've had them in the Knesset. We actually, certain types of very bad people we never had in the government because they weren't allowed. Now, not only are they in the government, they are not, they could be, you know, it's one thing, take a bad person, make him in charge of diaspora affairs. <laughs> <laughs> affairs. I don't know. The relationship between, I don't know, goats and sheep in Judea and Samaria. You're in charge of sheep milk in Judea and in, in Samaria. No, not Judea. That's too much power. You're in, char- in charge of goat and sheep milk products in Samaria. Good. Knock yourself out. Build some more. You're, you are the only one who's going to decide how much sheep milk. No, but when you make these people a minister of Homeland Security, when you make them in charge of deputy minister of defense in charge of area C. So part of what's going to happen over the next three years is not the judicial reform, but it's going to be a constant flow of either laws or policy statements. Um, From that I'm concerned, but as regard the reform, I think it's transformed Zionist conversation in Israel and around the world, I actually believe for the better. I'm actually very, very appreciative of it. So that's really interesting. Um, let, rather than getting caught on the, the specifics of, of the reform, especially given what you've just said, um, I, can we try and unpack? We won't have time to unpack all of the different parts. I'm going to start with my own bias, but I want to unpack how this government came about because I'm not sure that 10 years ago, well, I know, I don't think 10 years ago, one would have thought it was possible, not necessarily that some of these people wouldn't get elected, but that they would be invited to sit in a mainstream government. And I want to start, because I have my own bias, and I think you perhaps have the similar upbringing, I want to start, we both sort of grew up in religious Zionist um, communities or, you know, with that sort of ideology, Hashkafa. And I, I quite intentionally differentiate religious Zionism to... Smotrich's Religious Zionism Party. And I I differentiate with a 50% of driving that is hope that that is the case, <laughs> but part of me isn't 100% sure. And, you know, I think it only struck me this morning when you were speaking. Um, I think the reason why well, I, but clearly so many other people have gravitated towards you and the podcast and what you're producing and it struck me this morning, it's the religious Zionism that I grew up with, right? It's it's the and and I I've spoken about this before that you know I I grew up in a religious Zionist family, went to Ben Akiva, Yavna, went to school, and I genuinely remember feeling up until the age of about fifteen, and the trigger for me was when Rabin was assassinated. I up until that point, I remember having this. Ex- genuine belief that this is the best of everything. This ideology, this is giving me the best of everything. I can be a deeply engaged Jew. I can be whatever I want to be in the real world. They're not inconsistent with each other. And not only that, within the Jewish world, I'm going to be the bridge, the golden middle path, the, you know, the ones that serve in the elite units of the IDF, but 
can do so without wanting to impose my own religious beliefs on the rest of the population. I mean, this is how this was the sort of the the the, 